Well, hello everyone and welcome to uh, the latest edition of Smith & Heston and uh, we've really come to the business end of the IPL. Mike Heston's been uh, in Dubai, it seems like forever, associated of course with the Royal Challengers Bangalore. The good news is it hasn't been wasted, Mike Heston. Uh, good afternoon to you. You uh, have made the playoffs, which is goal number one achieved. Yeah, it is. I mean, we haven't made the playoffs uh, since 2015, so it's a big... It's a big effort for the franchise. Um, yeah, we in the end we probably stumbled over the, over the line a little bit. Uh, haven't performed so well early on, and um, you know not so good the last few games. But in the end, it came down to net run rate and getting the calculators out. We managed to get over the line, so we've got ourselves a chance, which is great. Yeah, interesting mix uh, in the in the playoffs as well. Uh, how do you assess them? I and mean, you've got uh, you've got to win basically go through the hard way. Um, and of, of course, uh, the Mumbai Indians and the, the Delhi Capitals have—they've uh, got through to uh, the, the playoff, which means uh, they win that, they automatically go in the final. So you've got a, a lot of hard work to do still, Mike, courtesy of uh, an average finish to the round robin phase. Uh, how, how do you rate the sides going in there? Is it—is it on the day? Is it that close? Look, I think it is. Um, I think if you get away from uh, Sharjah, which is. Uh, probably the slowest to the surfaces now, so that the toss becomes more important. I think both the other venues are, um, you know, due as a factor, but so obviously chasing has its advantages, but um, it's a lot more even. So, and to be fair, every one of those teams has beaten each other at some stage, um, you know, during the tournament. So, um, Delhi, we pretty much played the other day uh, in a, a chance to go through to second and get that easier option. We weren't able to do it. So, I think Mumbai are quite rightfully ranked one. Um, and last night, the Sunrisers Hyderabad sneaked through um, with a, you know, they overpowered Mumbai, which um, were a little bit weaker. You know, they didn't play a couple of their key players, but um, they certainly deserve to be in. And, and they're flying high, so we're obviously we're, we're going to play them on the sixth in a straight knockout game. So, um, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, well, that's an interesting game. Let's look at the, the makeup. We haven't really focused too much on the Sunrisers, though. We've got a real Australian connection when they named their initial squad, of course, with uh, Trevor Bayliss. Who was he? Was the English coach, and we know very well he's uh, very associated with the Australian cricket. David Warner, captain, uh, also had Mitch Marsh and Billy Stanlake in the mix as well. So they surrounded themselves with sort of an Australian uh, contingent, uh, alongside Johnny Bairstow, of course, uh, Kane, Rashid Khan, Muhammad Nabi. So uh, very experienced and well-performed uh, T20 players. Kane's just got gone off the boil a wee bit. Do you expect him to play? Yeah, I do, and, and I think the addition to that with Mitch Marsh going out is, is Jason Holder's come in, and he's he's actually grabbed his slot in the, in the playing 11 and, and given them the balance that they required. So previously they'd had Johnny Bairstow, Warner, and, and Kane as three of their overseas, and that sort of blocked up um, the batting side and left them a little bit more vulnerable bowling-wise. So they made the big call about three games ago to leave Johnny Bairstow out, um, and Ritterman Saha went to the top, and then they, they let Jason Holder in and Kane controlled the middle. So um, they seem to have a better balance. It seems to be working better for them. Um, it allows Kane to, as I said, just look after the, the younger guys through the middle. Um, and he hasn't had many opportunities, to be fair, of, of late. They've been chasing some lower scores in that top order have done a great job. So I would expect him to play. I'd expect him to play a similar 11 to the game they had last night. A lot of people will be asking, um, what sort of happened? You, went, you guys went through a bit of a slump. What, what did you put that down to? Yeah, we made um, we had Aaron Finch opening for the first eleven games, and he, you know, as an opening pair, they sort of did okay. But we felt we needed to make a change there. Um, and Josh Phillippe came in, and, and they did really nicely at the start against Mumbai. And then 
to be fair, um, our, our lower order batting's um, struggling a bit. Um, we sort of we tried a few different options um, the last you know the last few games, and, and I think we've stumbled across something at the back end, which is good. Um, and you know we, we do rely on our top four setting the tone, um, and we've got a young lad, Devdut Padikal, who's second top run scorer in the tournament. Um, we might be third now. He's got 470 runs, and his debut year is only 20. So he. You know, we sort of base our innings around him and, and the other top three with AB and Barat, and we just haven't quite got the numbers yet um, out of that group. But that, I guess, presents an opportunity where uh, we've been pretty close in some of those games and our big boys haven't got massive numbers yet. So, um, you know, you get to knock out stages and, and you rely a lot on your on your big guys doing the job. So, um, look, it's an exciting week, Smithy, being in, involved in the IPL finals. Um, and I can tell you from a, a squad perspective, we sort of see it as a as a chance to sort of unleash the, the demons a little bit of the last week and just go out and play some uh, some really aggressive cricket. Yeah, do you feel as if you've, you're carrying the underdog tag? I hope so. Um, I quite I quite like that. We sort of our whole our whole mantra has sort of been understate, overachieve. Um, a lot of what RCB's been about has been a lot of you know play bold, a lot of bravado and stuff. But in the last three or four years, we just haven't haven't been able to back that up on the field. So we've sort of just we've just settled down a little bit in terms of let's just focus on our job and um, you know not get too far ahead of ourselves. So as I said, we've got to be in the in the big dance to give ourselves a chance, and, and we've obviously got to make the first stage, which is the playoffs. So qualifying is the first bit, um, and that just gives us an opportunity, which is pretty exciting over the next week. Let's look at the top individual performers now that. Um... The round robin phase is done with uh, Kale Rahul, whose side will not be progressing. The Kings Punjab 11, 670 runs at 55, amazing performance for him. Davy Warner, you'll see him, um, of course, on the sixth. Shikhar Dhawan, Delhi Capitals, and then you, two of your lads have uh, snuck into the top five, and Devda Padukal and uh, Virat Kohli. So tell us a wee bit about Padukal. Yeah, he's a smart lad. He's he's only just turned 20. Um, he was in the squad last year and never played a game. Uh, went and watched him a lot domestically this year. Uh, when I was in India, he had a, a fantastic year in white ball cricket. So both T20 and 50 over cricket, he was the highest run scorer in India. Um, he was a, a big, tall left-hander, uh, quite elegant through the offside. Uh, plays the pull shot pretty well. Uh, he's, you know, quite quite naive in terms of the demands of international and, and elite cricket. You know, he's, he's a young, fit lad, but... Um, you know, he's found the heat over here a real struggle, um, which for a, a young lad has certainly taught him something. So often he's played really nicely and then run out of steam um, when he's got the sort of 50. So uh, as it's cooling down over here, his, you know, his number's going up um, because he's able to deal with that humidity and that heat. So that's a work on for him. Um, I think he was unlucky not to get picked in the Indian T20 side. I think he's that good. Uh, and I think India are looking for a, another T20 or a left-hander at the top of the order to replace Shikha when he goes. So... He's an exciting talent, great in the field, and a, a really smart lad. Bowling-wise, uh, Rabada has uh, reigned supreme. He's been there or thereabouts the whole time, as have Trent Bolton, Jasper Boomer, Archer. Uh, he's done well for the Rajasthan Royals with 20 wickets uh, at um, at 18.25. And again, uh, Chahal, you know, your spinner, has been the best performed of the spinners. Now, you mentioned going into the slower surface this uh, weekend. Will he be a trump card for you? Yeah, he will. I mean, we played three spinners last game. And to be fair, they all three kept us in the game. So 
Washington Sunder's been amazing at the top for us. Um, bowls often three overs in the power play. And you see him as sort of an orthodox off spinner, but he's a bit better than that. Um, and he will be in that Indian side uh, that we'll see on Sky Sport later in the year. Uh, and we introduced a young lad, Shabazz Ahmed, who played his, uh, played his second game the other night. Got two for 26 off four. Um, the wickets suited him, but he's got that ability to sort of uh, go outside the swing, so down the wide line and, and hit the, the heels as well. So the spinners are starting to come more into their own. Um, those seamers you mentioned earlier on have been outstanding uh, the early part of the year. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're very, very good. I mean, Rabada's been exceptional. I guess with Mumbai, because you've got two or three of them, um, you know, they have to still attack, look to attack them, and that's how those guys keep taking wickets. Um, I guess the, the beauty of Joffre Archer is he's sort of holding that attack together, and often sides try and just see him out, but you can see by his returns that we're not even able to do that. So he's he's very, very good, Joffre. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's stood out sort of, certainly in a side that struggled in, in the end, finished last, but he was outstanding. On the subject, you mentioned a couple of times, Mike, the subject of uh, India touring Australia. We, we know the givens that are going to be there. Uh, you know, the really, really good players, although there is an injury cloud I, I, I uh, have hearing over Rohit Sharma and as the extent of whether he'll be able to, to make that tour uh, of Australia. I would really, really miss him, but uh, from what you've seen, particularly in the white ball sort of forms of it, have, have we got anything really special to look out for in terms of a new name or two? Yeah, I think there's a young lad, um, Varun Chakravati, um, or CV Varun, um, who played for KKR this year. Um, I bought him last year at, at Kings Eleven for a, a huge sum, uh, and he slipped in the shower and fractured his finger um, oh. and was out of the whole IPL. So I certainly got a bit of grief from the owners over picking someone who never played a game or bowled a couple of overs. Um, and then he got shifted to KKR this year and played every game and has been outstanding. So he's he's a little bit like Narayan um, in terms of bowl, a mystery spinner. He bowls this little flicker out the front, which which goes this way, and then he bowls a googly. So rather than a, than a traditional offer, he runs and bowls a googly, can bowl a top spinner, and he bowls this little carom ball. So... And he bowls it fast. So he's up upwards of 105 kilometres an hour, um, sort of always attacking the stumps. If you've been watching the IPL, he's knocked MS Dhoni over a couple of times, which was his idol growing up. Um, mm. He's an architect. He's 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 an amazing lad. He's, he's basically tried to look after his family for many years. An architect was only able to make a handful of dollars a year in that role, so he tried to give cricket a go. Um, he was a pace bowler. Uh, got a major injury, took up spin, and then within uh, sort of three years, he's playing for India. So, amazing story. Um, and he's yeah, very quiet lad who just goes about his work. So, I'm sure he'll play on this tour. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for him. Well, indeed. Uh, I'm so looking forward to that tour. Starting on Sky Sports throughout the summer, it's going to be uh, one of my highlights of watching. Anyway, look, uh, let's turn while we're on the subject of uh, cricket down under, and, and uh, our summer begins not too far away either. Um, in terms of the Plunkett Shield, I know you might have kept a, a little bit of an eye on some of the stats coming out of there, but uh, there's some interesting conundrums, I think, for the selectors. Are they going to play Devin Conway? Two games averaging 58.25 already. Are they going to play him? If so, where do they play him? Um, and how will that batting line-up look? Because uh, to my way of thinking, up until now, Will Young has been the one in waiting almost. Yeah, look, it is a good problem to have, Smithy, isn't it? I think, um, you know, for many years we've 
we've struggled to get a solid top six, seven on the park, um, you know, let alone have guys as, as backups that are performing so well. And I guess with Devin Conway, he's also scored those runs on two pretty challenging wickets when everyone around him struggled as well. So he's um, he certainly showed the selectors again that he's ready if required. Um, I, know, I see Henry Nichols hasn't been on the park yet, obviously with a, a small injury. Um, you know, selectors will be wary of that. Um, but he's, you know, outside of that, the, I think the top six is probably going to be pretty solid from a Black Caps point of view. Um, if it's not, though, I think Devin Conway's and, and Red Bull's probably the next one. Um, I think yeah. White Bull, uh, Will Young, you know, one day cricket, I think he's definitely the, the next guy that deserves that opportunity. Okay, so you, you, you'd, at this stage, you'd still open with Latham and Blundell? Look, I would. Um, I see Tommy, you know, Tom Blundell hasn't set the world on fire, but you, you can't right. go back too far um, where he was, you know, he obviously got his 100 in Australia. So, you know, I think selectors initially will, will reward, you know, players that have done well for them um, in recent times. Um, and then I think they'll, they'll look at the form book from there. So, but it's nice to have some, uh, some options. You know, Blundell, I'm sure he'd like to get a score under the board um, before the test series starts, if not more than one. Um, and I'm sure that's something that selectors will be sitting there uh, wanting to see as well. Bowling-wise, of course, Cole Jamison uh, just hit a stretch so early, given the opportunity last year towards the end of our summer. Uh, he started off with a hiss and a raw mic, 19 wickets at 8.8. Again, Matt Henry is out with injury. Uh, it looks to me, at the moment, given fitness, Trent Bolt and Cole Jamison are the two certainties. And then we're, we've got that age-old problem of do we keep going with wags? Where's Tim, Tim Southey? And I can give you an update on injuries if you like. Um, precautionary back problem for Tim Southey, likely to be back in round four. Uh, this is just hot off the press, by the way. Neil Wagner has a hip groin problem, awaiting scans, hopeful of returning in round four. Uh, Colin de Grandholm awaiting scan results, hopefully by the end of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a whole test squad here. Henry Nichols oh. has got a calf, calf problem uh, targeting round four. Uh, Ajaz, Patel, Ajaz Patel left calf awaiting scan results. Matt Henry, of course, broken right thumb. All test match candidates. I mean, and you, when you look at what we've, the lack of cricket they've had, the lack of activity they've had, you just you, you scratch your head and you think, how the hell do you get to this stage where you've got a mass unit waiting and you're about three weeks away from a test match? So. That brings, you know, your fit guys and, and hopefully Trent Bolt stays that way. So you Jamison, but your next two, Salvi and Wagner, are out of action at the moment. Yeah, look, that's that's really concerning. Um, because I mean Wagner, I see he got four wickets in the first innings of that last game and then yeah, and he bowled a, a two or three over, so that makes sense in terms of him getting an injury. Um Southie obviously getting a five for um was in red hot form as well. So uh, before they got injured, they looked like they were ticking along quite nicely from the bits that I that I watched. So um, look, that's a, a shame and obviously a huge amount of talent there, but hopefully they will be back in time. Um, I think we, we know that Wagner adds that um, that variety to the attack, um, and he's you know whenever he's had an opportunity, he's done a he's done a great job. Um, so you got four good ones there. I guess you just got to wait and see. But the Gronholm's the interesting one for me because he gives the side that balance. Um, he gives the side that that more seam bowling option um, that, that on re, uh, green surfaces early on in New Zealand, um, often, you know, he's obviously the slower of the bowlers, but he does provide that that ability to nip the ball around probably the most. Um, and he's got that, at that optimum swing pace where the ball doesn't have to, you know, where other guys struggle to get swing, he gets it. Um, 
and batting at seven, he just provides that nice balance. So I'd like to see him back in that side um, for sure. Come come the start of the season against the West Indies because they don't provide, they don't perform so well when it nips around. I'll just go to the last category. I think BJ, BJ Watling keeps his job, obviously. Um, there's no problem there. Um, Astle, of course, he, Todd Astle retired, surprisingly. Once he got an opportunity in Australia, he then turned around and quickly retired. And I, I didn't think he was dreadful at the Sydney Cricket Ground. He just didn't have any runs to play with. Um, so that makes it interesting in that spinning spot. You've got the injured Patel. Will Somerville, of course, has been used. And I suppose you still have to consider in a small way, Mitchell Santner in the mix, particularly if the Grondholm's a problem and you need an all-rounder around that seven or eight spot. Yeah, I think he, you're right, Smithy. I think he comes back in the mix if de Grondholm's not there because, you know, that very much is a, is a, is a fourth bowler or fourth seam bowling option or, or a holding role, which Mitch Santner has performed that holding role for New Zealand very well. He goes at two and over. It doesn't pick up a huge amount of wickets. We know that. So he's probably not a threat from a wicket-taking point of view. But it does allow you to then rotate your your seamers at the other end. So, um, and if you need someone to, to bat potentially, you know, seven or eight, um, or more more likely seven, um, then he's he's got that batting pedigree to be able to do that job, probably more so than the other spin bowlers. So, I think he comes into the mix. He hasn't played a lot of cricket over here. He played two, maybe three games in the IPL. Um, actually, did okay when he did play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he needs to get back there, which he will be, um, and play some first class cricket quickly and show that he's he's an option. Um, because New Zealand, you know, you, you, BJ Watling at six, you can't go straight into the bowlers starting at seven, um, especially on green surfaces early on in the season. West Indies are currently quarantining in Christchurch, of course, Mike. They've had, uh, they've got to have three COVID tests. Uh, they've had the first one and they all were negative, so that's good news. I think they've got another one on day six and another one on about day 12. So uh, much of the same situation, you know that very well, of course. So. Everything's progressing quite nicely for them. It's just been announced they'll have two warm-up games, three-day games against New Zealand A-sides. Uh, both of those will be played in Queenstown, which is cool that that great venue is going to get a little bit of cricket and they've been devoid of action and they missed out on a bit throughout this COVID period. Uh, the other interesting announcement, Mike, that came through today was that the New Zealand batting coach replacing Peter Fulton, who replaced Craig McMillan, uh, will be Luke Ronke. Um, now, it might be a bit of a head-scratcher for some because uh, Luke Ronke goes from the fielding coach to the batting coach. And Luke Ronke, we know, was a dashing player, middle-order player, um, <clears throat> dangerous player too when he got in the mood. How does, how does he fit into that role? Just go straight across from the fielding coach to the batting coach. And what do you think Luke Ronke brings to that role? Yeah, I mean, he has been on two tours as a batting coach before. Um, so you're right, he was spin bowling, uh, sorry, fielding coach. Um, but they did like the qualities that he brought um, as a batting coach. And I think Peter Fulton missed out on a tour and some home games, um, and Luke Ronke came and did that. So they obviously liked what they saw um, from from what he was able to offer. Uh, Luke, within the group when I was there, um, was always a calm head. He was always a, a really analytical thinker. Um, not so much about his own game, but he certainly um, talked to a lot of guys about their batting and, and understood sort of how they were going through things. He's got a great relationship with Kane Williamson, um, where they talk batting a lot, um, and they sort of have... I wouldn't say they have similar philosophies, but um, you know they understand each other and they understand what they offer each other from a batting point of view. Uh, Luke was often the guy within the group where um, if players were, were struggling and, as I said, wanted to talk about batting, they'd go and have a chat with him um, because he had a lot of good ideas and a lot of good theories. Um, but then also coming up to games, he also kept things simple. So 
they must have liked what um, he bought when he was within the group. That that calmness. Um, he's not, you know, he's not overpowering. He's not in your face trying to change technique, um, which you know when you're at that level is really important in terms of what you offer. Um, it'll be a big shift for him. Um, he did a little bit of work at the PSL. I know, um, sort of in a mentor uh, over there, um, <laughs> he performed very well himself. But um, you know, he often uh, assisted Dean Jones sort of around the batting side. So. He has had some experience in that role, um, and he's a he's a really good team man um, around the group. As I said, he's he's obviously got some skills to offer, um, but it'll be a learning curve for him. You know, going into that and taking on that job full time will be a big change. And um, the fact he's going to go back on tour full time uh, something that obviously he wants to do. He's got a young family, um, but obviously he's keen to get stuck into it and, and offer something back to the Black Caps. So, uh, look, I, I like the appointment. Um, I think he's a, a really good team man and as a said, he's, he knows the right time to speak and the right time to just back off. Okay, well, uh, just personally, Mike, what, what happens uh, in your terms of your movement? So obviously the, the longer you're in, the longer you stay. If uh, once it's the season over there or the IPL is over for you in particular, what if you come home for Christmas or, I mean, you have to quarantine obviously when you do, but what are your movements? Yeah, we've got a few days of review over here um, with the, the board and the owners. So once that's finished, uh, yeah, jump back into New Zealand and, and have some 14 days in quarantine. So then looking forward to seeing my family. So uh, hopefully arrive back in New Zealand start of December. Um, obviously going to continue doing some work for, for Sky Sport, um, you know, over the, the summer and beyond. Obviously, we've got plenty of cricket from Australia. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to, to being around uh, the family over the summer. There'll be an auction uh, for the IPL, so we'll have to head back over here at some stage uh, for the auction. So there'll be plenty of planning around that. And, uh, yeah, just in, enjoy a little bit of a New Zealand summer, Smithy. Ditto. Ditto. After, I think since 19, 1975, I haven't had Christmas and New Year off, Mike, so I'm looking forward to it, if nothing else. So, hey, look, good luck on Monday. Um, fantastic that you've got this far. Uh, all our eyes, of course, will be on you. We've, as I said before, we've sort of adopted your side as uh, as ours, so um, we're we're very interested in the end result of that. So uh, all the best uh, against Kane and his mob. Um, I hope you get through Thank to the you. final, mate, and win the whole damn deal. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at home. We might even, uh, if you if you progress anyway, or if you're around, uh, have a chat next week at some stage, eh? Sounds great. Thanks, Smithy. Cheers. Talk soon. All the best, Tess.